It's really about your mental behavior and where you are mentally, like how you think and how you feel, like why you're doing it. What's your why for all of this? If you can tweak what you're getting out of it, I guess on a bigger scale, I think that the losing weight is a byproduct and having a goal that's more positive, like getting stronger versus getting skinnier is a more positive message and it's a healthier place to be mentally. You gotta build habits and routines to keep you on path for long-term success. That is Jen Cohen, and this is episode 257 of Wellness Force Radio, where we discover the physical and emotional intelligence to live life well. In this podcast, we talk to leading fitness and wellness authority, as well as best-selling author and the greatest named 100 most influential people in health and fitness, Ms. Jennifer Cohen. But what's interesting about this podcast, and I know you're gonna enjoy what we go into, is the other side of fitness. Not just training your arms and your butt in the gym, but how to train the muscles in the mind, which if you look at behavior change and the habit reformation science, it's the consistency, the sticking power of habits that are really controlled by the mind. But I gotta ask you, what exactly is controlling the mind? You and I both know it's our soul and the contract we have with the intelligent stuff that brought us here to the planet. But while we're here, we get to learn from health and wellness experts like Jennifer Cohen about how we actually do this clean living thing in the modern world. With her second book, Strong as the New Skinny, reaching number two on the bestsellers list, we're going to do a deep dive and get some interesting cul-de-sac exploration in this conversation with Jennifer where we take a breath and break it down to understand the real truth about how to train our mind, what's self-talk and self-identity's role in weight loss and having more energy, and for all the moms and parents listening, what's changed the most for Jennifer after having a child? We explore the common threads of difficulty from high-achieving CEO clients and celebrities that Jennifer's trained like Britney Spears to have the exact same pitfalls that everyday human beings fall into. We'll talk about how to permanently remove yourself from these holes in the ground. We talk about mindset on the show and Jennifer shares with us practical strategies on how to lower stress. And also for anyone listening that has a personal trainer they work out with, we talk about when it's time to let go of your trainer. (laughs) How do you actually know when it's time to let your trainer go? Show notes from today are at wellnessforce.com forward slash 257. Make sure you go to the show notes page to explore Jennifer's books, her videos and links. And while you're there, do not miss the opportunity to sign up for the Wellness Warrior VIP Club. This is an exclusive club. You can get direct access to me for all your health and wellness questions right from Facebook Messenger, right from your phone. No joke. I set aside specific time every single day to talk to our wellness warriors. This is in the VIP section of Facebook Messenger. You can get access to this for for free at wellnessforce.com forward slash VIP. This bombshell podcast is brought to you by my favorite turmeric and reishi infused superfood tea on the planet, the one and only Organifi Gold. This gold is stocked with organic cinnamon, organic ginger, organic turkey tail, and red reishi, and a bulk of other superfood adaptogens. My friend, this is the absolute best thing I do in the evenings. I become chill AF. <laughs> Which after a long day of holding space and having conversations and taking care of the business, this Organifi Gold has been such a deep breath and a treat for me. I actually use almond milk. I don't even need stevia because it's already sweet enough. You can get this relaxing, sleep-enriching superfood powder today for 20% off. Just go to Organifi.com forward slash wellnessforce and use code wellnessforce at the checkout. That's Organifi.com forward slash wellnessforce and use code wellnessforce at checkout. So you can sleep better, save money, and get 1% closer. 
maybe 10% to living your life well. So let's do this. Let's learn how to make these lessons stick with the one and only Jennifer Cohen. My guest today is a world-renowned performance coach and best-selling author and entrepreneur who for over 12 years has been the face of the Nike brand, but she trained numerous celebrities and combined her love for music and fitness as a label trainer, which I didn't even know what that was. I'm curious to know more about this for Universal Music Group. And then she went on to write two best-selling books, No Gym Required and Strong is the New Skinny. One book we're talking about today, Badass Body Goals, The Booty Building Journal and Waist Training Journal, which by the way, Glute Health 2019, so important. Jennifer, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. I loved connecting with you for the few minutes before we recorded. You know, it seems like a lot of fit pros go many years in the industry and then they eventually kind of all roads lead to personal development, really productivity, lifestyle design. Why do you see this, Jennifer, with yourself, most of your colleagues that are operating at this high level? They start in fitness and have great fitness careers. Then they transition into higher level coaching and lifestyle design. Why is this? Well, I can't speak for anyone else, but I know for myself, I think that the principles that you learn within fitness are transferable really with any other area. And I think that as you hone your skills that you learn in that, it kind of is a nice dovetail to like everything within wellness, right? So wellness is not about just lifting a weight. It's about having good mental health, having a good balance with other aspects of habits. I know with me for fitness, I think that goal setting and discipline was a really strong staple and foundation that kind of helped lead to success in all other aspects. And I think that as your career evolves, like you were saying, and you kind of not master fitness, but you kind of, you kind of want to expand it to other areas. I think it's a natural place to kind of focus on other elements of, you know, habits and rituals that kind of make somebody healthy and well beyond just exercise. I love that you brought up wellness having so many parts because I think it's so easy for people to fall into the fitness rut, you know, where they'll get stuck going to the gym one hour a day, but then hold on, there's like 23 other hours of the day that you're living right. your life. You know, that that strategy that you have with high performers, I'm curious, with executives, because you coach a lot of executives now, was there any common threads of difficulty with executives and with people like Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera? Did they share any difficulty? You know what I think? I actually, from all my experience, what I've actually found to be kind of a common thread with everybody, be it like a CEO of a company or a celebrity, is that people who are high achievers, how they do one thing in their life, they're going to do in other areas of life. They're going to do the same. They're going to have the same kind of passion and intensity in how they do one thing versus how they do another. Mm. And death, that's also extremely transferable. Like a Britney Spears, for example, she at the time, she was a very much a high achiever and she put like 130% into her fitness as she would into other areas of her life. And just how a CEO of Johnson & Johnson or whoever would be, the same kind of situation applies. Yeah. So a high achiever like that, I, I think that if you're not necessarily one person who is that way it could be a, it could be something that is learned and practiced and becoming you can you can become that if you just take the time to, to actually focus on it do you feel like working with celebrities for so many years and uh, by the way I, I have to know right now what was this music this blending of music and fitness <laughs> uh, what did that actually mean to, to work for these two companies were you like the voice or were you a dancer what was that no, with the music absolutely and the fitness? not even neither so my background's a little bit a little unique so I never 
fitness for me, I, I kind of fell into. So my background is I was the youngest marketing executive for a record label. I was working for BMG at the time in Canada. And I had nothing to do with fitness at all. I basically oversaw the marketing strategies, the budgets for all sorts of people, like a Britney Spears, Dave Matthews Band, uh, Christina Aguilera, whoever it must be, whoever it was at the time. And then I actually got a job offer uh, with Sony and Immortal in Los Angeles. And then I, when I moved to LA to take that job, I, I eventually got burned out because the the music industry just eventually it was was changing. It became much more about iTunes and mm-hmm. you know, back when like Napster and MP3s. And, you know, <laughs> I love that you mentioned Napster. I, that's right. such a blast from the past. I used to buy my CDs at Tower Records in the in the sleeve. Remember the the cardboard uh, sleeve? Uh, absolutely. That was the day. That's basically that, that was my client. So when I was working, I was mute with when I was in the music world. Tower H and V. Do you remember them? Yes, totally. Yeah, Tower Records. All those people were my were basically I was creating marketing initiatives for the talent, and so they would buy more more albums from the label if we like based on what we would do with the talent for their chain, right? Yes. So that was really my my milieu, so to speak. So as things were changing and morphing in the music world, I decided to kind of leave. But I was already on a worker's visa. I was, you know, I was, I was brought here. So they were, I, I was not legally allowed to work, right, unless I had a visa. So when I quit my job, there was very few things I was able to do. So I figured I'd go get my, you know, fitness personal training certificate, right? Mm-hmm. And then maybe train some people on the side to make some money and then kind of figure it out. That was my initial thought, right? But as I kind of gone through the program and thinking to myself, hmm, you know, there's probably a better way to kind of like skin this cat. So I went to the late record labels where I had my relationships already. And I kind of created a position for myself, actually knowing how the marketing budgets work. And I basically put myself on their payroll on retainer, where therefore I was getting paid legally again through the label, Mm -hmm. but this time as a trainer. And so I was basically a personal train. I was training the talent for when they got ready for a music video or when they went on a tour or anything like that. And then I guess I did well with the talent. So then one label led to two labels, led to three labels. And, you know, eventually I, you know, I couldn't be everywhere at one time. So I started hiring a lot of trainers underneath me and basically built a whole business around that. Yeah, it seems like you have this really unique business acumen. I'm curious, where did that come from? Was your mom or dad an influence on your business savvy? No, I think I think my parents they always were about education. So I did I, I did have a back. I, I mean, not like it made a difference in my career, but I did have a master's and I went to school for business. I went to school for psychology. I had two degrees, and I think that I naturally always was very entrepreneurial. I always liked to make my own money. Even as a kid, I would work two jobs, three jobs. It was just my nature. Yeah. I think it was just who I, I, I was developed to be. I was never really pushed by my parents to do it like that. It just kind of was me. And I, I just kind of like, it was like fun for me. 
Like I liked to work. It yes. felt like it felt like it was. I liked to be productive. I liked having money so I can buy things for myself or save it or whatever. It's so cool because you know, being a mother yourself, so many parents and just people who look after young kids listen to the show. And I'm curious, from a fitness mentality perspective, what changed for you when you became a mom? You know, what was different about your fitness habits? Well, I definitely had to learn how to be more efficient with my time. Right. And make sure that when my workouts really every second counted. So I, I, I really did try to figure out strategies and workouts that would give me the biggest bang for my buck because I didn't have time necessarily to go to the gym for hours on end and socialize and or just go from machine to machine or whatever people do. Right. So uh, I actually just had to become very more, much more efficient with my time. And I developed a workout system. Uh, It's actually in my current book called Badass Body Goals called 4321, which is scientifically proven actually to be the most effective way to burn the most amount of calories in the least amount of time and really build lean muscle mass, which is what kind of helps you burn calories throughout the days, not just in the hour that you're working. Let's talk about the science. I love, I mean, it's easy to remember four, three, two, one. Right. <laughs> it's a very it's easy model. Easy. It right. goes deep into the subconscious. It's easy to remember, but what's right. the science behind this? I mean, why is it so proven to have these great results? Well, it was, it's basically a reverse pyramid. So it's, it is a, a hit workout. So, you know, high intensity interval training is the most effective way to burn as many calories in the least amount of time. I'm sure you're very familiar with what hit is. We love hit. Yes. Right. And I don't think you could do it every single day. I think you can, you, you should be able, you should be going back and forth with it. Like you can burn yourself out. You can burn, you can burn your adrenals out, I think. But I think that if you, if you incorporate that type of workout structure, then it is the best way to kind of get the goals that you're looking for. And so what I did was I tweaked the hit. You got to have, you know, actually, Josh, you got to read the book and you got to try it out for yourself to see. Oh, I got the book in front of me. I mean, I'm looking at this pink band. Like I'm going to talk to you about the transverse (laughs) abdominus in a minute. No, because the fascinating part about this is, is the efficacy, like you said, specifically for a busy mom, like these workouts have to be short, but they also have to be, you know, really productive. They have to hit the right targets of the body. So I'd love to dig in a little more to the science aspect of 4321. So how I worked it was that I, I, it's both strength and cardio. And it's a reverse pyramid. So what I did was, um, what it means is four, three, two, one is the first circuit is four exercises that you do for one minute. And then you get a 30 second break. And then the second circuit is three exercises, but you're cutting time. So from that one minute, you're going to 50 seconds each move, but you're doing two rounds. So you're basically cutting off time and adding a round as you go down the pyramid. The third circuit is only two moves, but you're doing each move for 45 seconds, but you do it three times. And the last move is done for 30 seconds, but you're doing it four times. So what is good about this system is your body is always being confused. So you're not just doing a squat or a lunge or whatever the move is all the time, the exact amount of reps at the exact amount of time. So for muscle confusion and for your body not to plateau, you need to always shift and change your repetitions with the time. You know what I mean? Like at you being yeah. a trainer, you know, you understand that. Like if you do the same move over and over and over and over again for the same amount of time, it becomes second nature to your body. You're not going to change. 
And my theory is if you do even hit training every single day, your body gets used to that. That's why I also don't think it's a good idea to do oh, it. Every I day. love what you're saying. Cause I even found I'm, I'm 38 now. And so I found in my thirties, my general adaptation syndrome would kick in maybe even in a two week period. If I did the yeah. same thing for two weeks, I would start noticing, you know what? And it's not really giving me the result like it did in week one. Would you say that as we age, as men and women age, that they really get to restructure uh, consistently and constantly, um, their modalities of exercise because of this general adaptation syndrome. I do. I think what happens as we age, we lose more lean muscle mass every year. So it gets harder and harder to see results. And because of that, I think that it's very, very important to constantly tweak and change and, and what you're doing. And it's very easy, I think, to get into ruts and basically just do the same thing over and over and over again because it's easy and it, your, your, your brain goes on autopilot. Yes. And I'm, a, and I'm a victim of that too. Like we're talking about being a mom or talking about having a busy life. Like so often, you know, what do I do? Even with all the knowledge I have and all the extra, like the library of exercises and all the other things that I have in my, stored in my brain, you know, it, when it, it's, I do what's the easy thing for me. I'll jump on the treadmill for a bit or I'll, I'll do whatever it's, and I get no change. It just, I'm maybe maintaining if yeah. that, yeah. right. So it's really important to kind of tweak yourself, but, and you also, Josh, you know, that like all of this is for not, if your diet is not there, right. So 80% of it is what you, what you eat. Really, the other 20% is like tweaking and toning and kind of, but the, the both, you can't do one without the other. And, yeah. and, and I think as, you, as we get older and we have more stressors in life, I think it's important to also do a lot for our well-being, our mind. So like having things that kind of are more holistic, which is not just exercise and nutrition, but also what are you doing for your well-being? What are you doing for your reflection? Are you drinking enough water? Are you mobility? Are you stretching? So there's a lot of different things within the wellness umbrella that are important to kind of hit upon. There's a part in your book, you talk about developing strength from the inside out. I love this. You said your head can be your friend or foe when it comes to getting stronger, fitter, and sexier. That's because your mind is your most powerful muscle. So you can either flex it to boost your motivation and perseverance, which is great, or clench it to resist your efforts, which is bad. Do you really believe that it's good and bad when it comes to mindsets around fitness? I mean, isn't it always an evolving journey, someone's mindset around fitness? You know, I think that the physical aspect of fitness, like doing a squat or whatever, a push-up or a bicep curl, that's really the easy part. What I like to say is that it's really about your mental behavior and where you are mentally, like how you think and how you feel, like what you're, why you're doing it, what's your why for all of this. I think that giving people, um, I, I think that really like shifting how people think about fitness, not just because they want to have, you know, they want to look fit, they want to lose weight, they want to be skinny. I think that what I'm trying to say is if you can tweak what you're getting out of it on a long, on, on a, for, I guess on a bigger scale, I think that the, the losing weight is a byproduct, but I yeah. think that at having a goal that's more positive, like getting stronger versus getting skinnier is a more positive message and it's a healthier place to be mentally. So that's really what what I meant by that. I mm -hmm. think exer an exercise helps with building confidence and mental strength. I think they work they they work hand in hand with each other. The stronger you get physically, you feel mentally more strong and more confident. 
So I think it's a, I think everything basically works and feeds off of each other. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for mentioning that. So wellness, this triangle of physical, emotional, and honestly spiritual in this guidance that you give people, you know, this is the third book, right? This, the badass body goals. Yes, yes. So three books doesn't come unless you have a passion about something. Uh, do right. you have a connection to a higher source of some sort? Like what drives you when life gets challenging to keep creating content? Oh, you mean, oh my gosh. Um, I don't, I, listen, I, that's a toughie for me. I, I don't know if there's like a, a higher source beyond, I, I, I think it's, I think it's important to, to always want to grow and expand spiritually and and emotionally. I think if you're stuck, that's a problem. So I feel like it's, it's part of, part of what I, what I do for a living it's, and for how much I interact with other people who look toward to me for some kind of motive. I hate the word motivation, but some mm-hmm. kind of guidance, the onus is upon me to constantly learn and grow and therefore take that knowledge and kind of pass it forward or pay it forward. So I think it's just part of who, who you are and who, how I am. And as a, as like you evolve and morph and like change, it's important to keep on like feeding your soul with things that are like bettering you and that you're learning from. And I think that's basically what I try to do. Yeah. So in your, in your kind of passion, your line of work, it never goes to that spiritual conversation with these executives and, and maybe even with movie stars, it never got to that place of, Hey, what's your connection to higher power? No, I try to stay actually kind of away from what your connection is to higher power. I think a lot of times if people want to share that with me, that's great. But I think it's important to have that. But it's much more about whatever whatever your connection is, you should have a connection to something spiritually. Yeah. That's a good anchor. And then from there, you want to learn more. You want to grow. You want to continue on different on a path of betterment and knowledge. One thing you said um, that really perked my ears up, you said, I don't really like the term motivation. <laughs> yeah, I, have to, I, I have to tell you, like, I, I have been really thinking about that lately. You know, to motivate somebody is to be this external locus of control. But inspiration, to inspire action, inspired action, it comes from this internal locus of control. So what are your thoughts about inspiration versus motivation? I mean, which one's really sustainable? I think motivation, I, I hate the word motivation and I, I'll tell you why. I think motivation comes and goes. I don't think people, you can motivate like Tony Robbins, right? You can go to a Tony Robbins seminar and you can be so super motivated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like a rock show. Right. It's a rock. Yeah. Show, exactly. And you can leave there and be like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then like within 24 hours, 48 hours, it's kind of, it wanes. So, so does willpower. Things like willpower, motivation, it ebbs and flows, ebbs and flows. I don't think there's that you you shouldn't be relying on those two things. I think that you got to like, you got to build healthy, you got to build habits and routines to keep you on path for long-term success and put certain things on autopilot where then you don't have to think about them. And then you can use your brain for other things that need your emotion, your emotional or your brain power. Mm. You know, yep. too much and too many people are like, what do you think? I, you know, how do you motivate people? Well, I don't think I do motivate people. If I do, it doesn't last. You inspire people. It's a totally different fuel source. Right. And so to answer your question about insp- inspiration, I think leading by example is the best way to inspire anybody. That be it a mom, a fitness person, a personal development person, a coach. I think that when you are a good example to others, 
they, they, you don't have, it's not about talking. I don't have to talk for them to be inspired. They, you lead it by example, you live it every day. You, you, you breathe it every day. And if people like what they see, then they're going to be inspired to incorporate those things into their life. And if they don't, well, they'll find it from someone else. Mm, I really enjoyed that. I was sitting here smiling, thinking about how many people I've met where, you know, that feeling where inside there's this existential connection where it's like, you know what? I really trust that person. They haven't even talked to me yet, but there's something about their energy where I'm just like, I get you. I trust you. That's exactly what you're talking about. But these, these things, I think, you know, we can be born like this, Jennifer, with this um, inspiration flowing through our veins. But also you talk about these morning habits, specifically in Forbes, you wrote about six morning habits that are destroying productivity I loved when you said, number one, hitting the snooze button. Uh, you know, the, the jury is still kind of out on this for many people, but you think hitting the yes. snooze button is actually like the number one destroyer of productivity. Why is this? What if somebody's really tired? Yeah, you know, it's funny that you said that just now too, because there are all these studies out right now saying that a great way to cut, and a great health hack, right, is to wake up and you kind of just like, kind of like, lie in bed for like 10, 15 minutes and gather your thoughts and kind of like set your intentions for the day and all that. I mean, uh, mm, I don't think so. I think it's a better thing just to, I think because you're procrastinating and I think if you're a busy person, you want to get some stuff out first thing in the morning. That Mm -hmm. is the most tedious or tiresome or, or, things that you need to accomplish. For me, I think it's very important to exercise first thing in the morning because I think A, it sets your day off correctly. It gives you more, B, it gives you more energy. And three, it makes you more productive for the rest of the day. So I think the more you hit that, sh- that snooze button, the less you're going to exercise, the less you're kind of, you're telling your, your, yourself, you know what, I want to be productive today. I want to start, I'm going to be alert. I'm going to do it. Like, I just think that it's, it's something that I believe, I think I don't, that's how where I get, that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. Yep. Well, you're known for this straight talking approach. I mean, it's in your media all over the, the internet. Right. So you that's really like to get say. down to the truth pretty quickly, right? I try to. <laughs> this is what I feel from you. And, and, and one thing I loved on number six, on the same article, you said it's lack of interaction. As humans, we need conversation and connection. And I love this because you're challenging people in this article to take this little extra effort to just have a quick conversation with a human being. Imagine that in the first <laughs> few hours while we're awake. Why is this from a neuroscience or even just a emotional intelligence perspective? Why is it so important? that in the first couple hours, we actually talk to a human being besides ourselves? Because I think that everything now is about technology. And I think that we're losing the uh, ability and and know-how to socialize beyond just through texting. Like, have you ever noticed that when you call somebody up, they're all like, hey, they don't answer the phone. Or they're (laughs) shocked when you're calling. Why why, Why are you you calling me? me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I guess because it's in my generation, not to, again, age myself, but like we, we never had... We didn't text people back then. I'm with you. I had a rotary phone when I was growing up. Right. Me too. And so like we went outside to play, you know, we weren't on our iPads. We had to call someone to make a plan. I think that a big part of being happy and, and overall happiness in life is about human connection and why stunt it by relying on the easy ways of like, you know, the path of least resistance. I'll just text that person. I'll just, the, you, you're, first of all, I think that when you talk to someone, you have a good conversation. I think serotonin gets released from your brain. I think that also like it's, it's very stimulating. I think that 
a lot can come from, much more can come from human connection from even just simply doing like a workout. I think that it's underrated and, and underutilized. And, um, so that's why even with, I, I always call people. And yeah. like I said, most of the time they put me to voicemail and they're like, uh, why don't you text me what you <laughs> right. want? But I'll just keep on calling. And, and I actually want to, uh, stick in a caveat. There is this technology now where we can leave each other walkie talkie messages, right? Whether it's WhatsApp or Voxer, or even yes. on the iPhone, you can leave. And that is not the same thing as having a conversation because even with what you and I are doing right now, like we're present, we're practicing this skill set of presence. And yes. I think the same kind of emotional presence in a conversation where two people are kind of vibing about the same topic, it's the same exact skill set that applies to exercise, that applies to being with your kids. Let's talk about presence because yeah, that absolutely. is a skill set that whether you're an executive or, or just a parent or just a human being presence now in 2019, it's under attack more than anything else. Uh, how do you define presence? And then what are your habits for being present? Okay. Well, that's okay. So I was going to just touch upon something you just said. I think that that's why a lot of times that you being a personal trainer, even in the past, like me, why do you think, I think my business thrived not because I was the best trainer in the world. But it would thrive because people liked to talk and be around me like they would with you, right? They get yeah. used to it. They get comfortable with it. Not because I'm so special, but because it's human connection, right? Mm -hmm. And I think why personal training as a, as a business does so well is because people get like their trainer, right? They like that experience. They like that. So it's not even so much for the exercise that they end up, they, they stick with somebody. It's more not because they're getting results. It's because they just like their trainer. And I think it's very, it's interesting because that if, if people actually do it or like build relationships, they see the importance and like the, the like for that, like how important, how much they actually enjoy that. Now with presence, I try to be present with even talking to you or with my children or whatnot by actually listening. I know it sounds crazy, but like give me, you know, basically not using my phone turning off my phone, not looking at Instagram when I'm physically with somebody. I think that's the number one. And then I think, well, that's all, that's not number one. That's everything. I think being present means being, like, being attentive and, and actually paying attention. Yeah. That phrase paying attention, isn't it interesting? It's like we have this bank account where, and you know, science has proven this with decision fatigue. There's so many decisions that people can make each day. This is why Steve Jobs wore the same thing, you know, the black turtleneck. It's because yeah. these every single decision we make throughout the day, this fight for so many human beings, am I going to work out? Am I not? What is, take us to the truth here with this straight talking, because how do we actually just decide once and for all that we're just going, part of our lifestyle is to work out every day. What is, what does that look like to take away the decision fatigue of, am I going to exercise or not? Well, that's what I was saying earlier that I think if you put as much stuff on autopilot, like create, create habits that are po positive habits that you'll do day to day where it becomes like brushing your teeth or taking a shower that you put that, you put something like exercise on an autopilot where it just is something you don't think about. I think it's extremely important and you make it. So it's the first thing in the morning where then it's like I said, done. And it's not this daunting task that you're like dreading by at four o'clock that you have to do. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm all about leaving space and, and room in your brain for other things that come, you know, that, that kind of just creep in your life that you need to manage, like manage and handle.
Yeah. So clearing out all the clutter, <laughs> there's a lot of yes. mental clutter. And I know a you lot. connect, you, you connect with both the physical and the, the emotional, the mental that you coach people with now, these executives, because of how many hours they work, I'm sure some of them are like 12, 14 hours a day, maybe even more. Or, are are or. there, is your strategies more for them being less sedentary? Like, do you use any kind of technology to help them? Or is it more just outlining their day? Do you rely on any technology or is it more strategic planning when it comes to them? being healthy throughout the entire day? It's more about pushing through barriers. So I think that like, it's the only technology that, you know, when I come, when it comes to fitness or working out when someone's sitting all day is a lot of people I know who, who are, who are corporate people, the corporate executives, a lot of them now are using these, uh, standing desks, these standing treadmill, you know, even like treadmills, like that they're walking at two miles an hour on to kind of keep their, keep, you know, to, to move. But because I and also I, I think that's important to mention that fitness for me or being active isn't about just going to the gym for an, or doing a workout for 45 minutes and then being sedentary the rest of the day. I think it's important to make, remain active and have an active lifestyle, which means taking taking breaks during your day and, t- and going for a walk around the block, taking the stairs, walking to walking to dinners or lunch or whatever it is, you know, like being active in other ways, like doing things that are fun, like a dance class. It's not just a workout, right? It's, it's more than that. Um, and then to answer your question, it's about everything. It's about pushing past, uh, barriers that are not just fitness based, but like it could be anything based. Uh, A lot of times it's work based, right? Like, or, or life-based, you know? Yes. So, and it's, it, people, everybody needs accountability. So all I do is make people accountable for what mm. they already want. And you hold great conversations with them. I love that you talked about that. I think that's what makes me an attentive and a great podcast host is because I love connecting with people. Isn't that right. at the core of any great trainer? You've actually written about this online, like when it's time to let go of your trainer, <laughs> you know, like when it's right, time right, to right. fire your trainer. If people do have personal trainers and, you know, they, they're kind of getting this sense like it's not the right fit. Uh, is it just the trainer's ability to hold conversation or are there other telltale signs that like it's time to let go of this fitness? No, no, pro? absolutely. But but my point was that people stay with their trainers much, 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 much longer than they should based on the fact that they like him as a person because they like to talk to them. So basically you're paying a lot of money for a friend, which I guess, because people all want that human connection. Sure. But, 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 the, but the problem and the trouble is from like a professional standpoint is that a lot of trainers, not everybody, they get very, they get very comfortable and they kind of don't they don't do their job well. I mean, one thing I can't stand is when I see trainers who are basically phoning it in all the time and just on their phone, scrolling Instagram and Facebook when their client is doing whatever move they're doing. I think (laughs) I cannot stand that. And like, it takes all of my willpower. I I hate willpower to go up to that person and say something. I don't like it. I think it's, it's so disrespectful, but I think that's a great, but people, when when their trainer isn't when the trainer is not paying attention, terrible. When the trainer is not pushing past where you are, where they're not not challenging you anymore by giving you the same mundane exercises and workouts. If you're paying for a trainer to train you, pay for the trainer to train you properly. Yeah. And you don't really need them to be a friend because I fell into that trap too. And I think a lot of people listening can relate to this. You know, being someone's friend and holding them accountable is not always mutually connected. Like they're sometimes actually better separated. How do you feel about that? 
Yeah, no, I under, I agree with that. I think, well, and that's the problem. I think people then, they confuse the two and they think, oh, I'm going to my trainer. So mentally and psychologically, they think that they're actually working out and like taking care of themselves. But really they're just going to the gym or they're wherever to, to talk. And then if they, you know, if they do a, a bicep curl, they're, they're lucky. Um, <laughs> right. I, I, I think that like, if you are, I, 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 I don't like it. Yeah. I can go on about this topic all the right, time. Right, right. Well, basically, and we'll link this in the show notes too, because there's so many articles. How do you find the time, by the way, to write all these articles and books and be a mom and do all your other obligations? Like, is there a North Star that guides you from overwhelm? <laughs> no, I think everything is like an evolution, right? Like, I think that er- you can't do everything. You could do everything, but you can't do everything at one time. So you're talking about articles I've, I've written over years and years and years. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. And yes, I have my column in Forbes that's been around for five years or so. But, you know, I was with Men's Health for a while. I was with Health Magazine for a while. And like the reality is, I, I it, you know, there are finite periods of times and then you move on because as you have kids and like I do, it's really hard to do everything. So I do what I can. and. I guess one project ends and then another one begins. Hmm. I like the way you explain that because I believe this and I'm curious how you feel. Everyone in every moment is doing the best they possibly can depending on their education or their level of awareness. Uh, Because we talk about the intersection of physical, emotional, and wellness force, how do you believe consciousness, like someone's inner work, actually relates to them being healthy in their body? I think that's the most important part. Someone's consciousness is the most important part. Like I was saying, I think being mentally fit makes you physically fit. Yep. And being conscious and being, uh, being like you were saying earlier, present, being conscious, having, set, having uh, intentions and goals, all that, that is the most important part. And the fitness part, pers- like the fitness part is a byproduct. You've built this life and even now, I'm sure as a mom, where you have a lot of people looking to you for direction. And even with all these brands, you know, Muscle Milk and Kind and Weight Watchers and Nike, it seems like you've always had this structure around you that you showed up for. But if you stripped away all that structure and it was just you, like from a health perspective, do you think you'd still be as motivated to look and perform and and really your connection to fitness and wellness? Do you think it would be the same if there wasn't the external frameworks? Absolutely. In that way, in that way, because I would build other frameworks because it's that important to me. So Nike or kind or Weight Watchers or whoever the spot, whatever that person is, we were partners because we both had like minds. And if it wasn't those people that I would find other people to partner with, or I'd be, I would do it on my own or whatever. I mean, the reason why those companies work with me because on a deeper level, because I wasn't just a face I was usually much more integrated integrate in the marketing part is because it was we had the same goals and like-minded ability to kind of for their brand and for how I live my life. Yeah. And that came from probably decades of, of habit and just really the practice, right? It's this daily practice. Was there ever a time, if you look back though, was there ever a time where you personally struggled with any kind of health or fitness habit or did you kind of come out of the womb with a dumbbell and a notepad? No, absolutely. I, I, the, the, I'm a product of of what I talk about, which is I created an infrastructure that worked for me to kind of for pitfalls that I have for myself. I'm not naturally, I'm not, I'm not naturally. I wasn't prone to be a fitness person or to do this. Like a lot of things had come because I love to eat food. For example, I do have ADD. So I had to create structures to perform well and to, 
and to be successful. And fitness for me was a way to kind of like, A, like give myself some discipline, give myself some goals, keep me focused on something. And from that, it was like a building block to other things. But because over time I've done it for so long, it's become who I am. Yeah. Where I don't even know it, it doesn't, that's who I am now. So I believe that everybody and anybody could change their, their inner dialogue or their like inner, their way that they want to live their life. If they were committed to figuring out ways to structure things that they are good and bad at. Right. Mm, so, I love that you mentioned identity. This, this has been a great conversation with a lot of gems. We're going to link the badass body goals book, not just to build the booty. We didn't have too much time to, take, to talk about the booty. All the information will be linked <laughs> in our show notes. I do want to talk about identity because you, you brought that up. And I think that's so big to actually yeah. identify like who I am. I am a strong, healthy, well man or woman. The identity piece is someone right now feels totally disconnected from fitness and wellness being their identity. Where's their first breath? Where's their first step? I think that the first step is, for, I think it's knowing that you want to make a difference or making it make a change and then picking one small win. So don't think, don't think five years from now, don't think even a month from now, just make small changes, like make a small change, one small change every week to your regular routine. Like that's, it could be as small as I'm going to drink a glass of water every morning before I get up. Yeah. I'm going to do five air squats. And then once you start, I think then you add another small thing and it's all just like small wins equal big change. If someone is feeling um, trepidation or maybe they're a little bit intimidated, um, what is one thing? Because you gave us some great, you know, take the first step. It's like, how do you take the first step? Well, you take the first step. <laughs> you yeah. actually do the thing. <laughs> but from a, from an emotional perspective, if someone's feeling like maybe a lack of confidence around this um, in the Badass Body Goals book or even in, you know, strong, skinny is the new strong, strong is the new skinny. I'm sorry. Is yeah. there is there a, a core tenant from getting somebody out of that low emotional space that you rely on? I think having a good affirmation. Affirmations are very helpful for people. I think having a, a mantra that you say, to, pick a mantra that you say to yourself and you say it when you feel low, low self, when you have a low self-esteem or you think you can't do it. I yeah. think we are what we think we are, you know? So the more we tell, tell ourselves a different story, the more we actually end up believing it. So the best way to kind of change that story in your head of who you are is, is changing that story of who you are by mm. picking a mantra yes. that you want to be, you know, and making, and making that small change. Last question for you. This has been a fun conversation and I'm curious how you would define wellness. You know, what is your definition of wellness? I think my definition of wellness is being happy in all areas of your life or being, being content and happy in all areas of your life. I don't think it's about having the, having the hardest abs and, and I think that's a, I think if that makes you happy, great. But I think of having, having happiness and balance and fulfillment in more than just one area really gives people true happiness. And I think that in itself de-stresses you and therefore makes you well. So I think stress is an is a is a is a one of those things that it's a, a killer that is if you can't manage that then all the other stuff is for naught and the best way to do that is balance and 
figuring out how to be happy and not just in one area, but in more than one. It's almost like the happiness code that we're all constantly cracking in this yeah. world. Thank you, Jennifer, for coming on the show. The Real Jen Cohen on Facebook and then also JenniferCohen.com. And what's your Instagram? The Real Jen Cohen. All right, The Real. Jennifer Cohen, The Real. Thank you for coming on Wellness Force. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. Have a great rest of the day. Hey, my friend, thank you for hanging out and growing with me today. Everything you learned on this podcast starts with your morning practices. So from over 200 world-class guests and counting, we've distilled the gems, the best of the best science-backed practices down into a 21-minute morning system guaranteed to increase the positive flow in your day. Get this free and powerful 21-minute life-changing system over at wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. If you enjoyed this episode, tap your phone, share it with someone you care about because that is how we all get better together. Supporting the show is easy. Leave us a five-star review right now from your phone. It helps us reach other smart and conscious people like you. Either tap your phone and hit the link in purple that says review this podcast or go to wellnessforce.com forward slash review. And this show doesn't stop here. We're continuing the discovering process in our private Facebook group. You can be a part of it. All you have to do is go to wellnessforce.com forward slash group and I'll welcome you at the door. Okay, now you get to go out into your world and live your life well. So until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness 